Hi, welcome everybody to the Georgia Songbirds, brought to you by Anchor FM and Yes Ma'am Music. We are finally live once again at the Bird's Nest uh, with Mr. Kelly Boston. Am I saying it right? Uh, say it again. Kelly Boston. I got an accent, so it's going to come out weird even yeah, when I say it. No, that's actually better. I would say you're better than 90% of people. Okay. It's like, bo- it's German, first of all, so that's what makes it difficult. Okay. Um, it's Boston. Boston. Yeah. You, you say it like it's spelled B-O-S-H-T-I-N. But when you have a name like that, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, say whatever you want. Who cares? <laughs> the, English, w- <laughs> the English language is weird. It doesn't make sense. My wife is German. Oh, really? She probably would get it right off the bat. Probably, yeah. She, she would have a weird pronunciation of it, though. She would say it like a German. Yeah, probably say it the, the true, authentic way. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's been Americanized. Oh yeah, so yeah, so you said that, and I was like, okay, but German. And my wife actually, she's from like south of Frankfurt. Okay. If if you ever been to, have you ever been to Germany? I have never left the United States of America, and that's I'm turning 25 this year, so okay. um, that's about to change because I'm like I, I need to I need to step out a little bit. Well, I was 31, I think, when I moved when I first went out of the United States. I went to Mexico. And then my wife, because I, I married her when I, she was in 05, no, she didn't kill me, 6, 7, 08. So that's how we got married June 7th of 2008, so I would remember the date. Nice. So nice. Uh, almost 12 years ago. So we went to, uh, so I was about 30 when we met. So 30, 31, I went to uh, Mexico, and then Germany we went uh, when the kids were born about a year later. So okay. I was probably 33, 34. And because you're Germany, we went over there. Germany apparently does not believe in air conditioning. Okay. Every, Very she said the only play, people that have air conditions are like the really rich people. Everybody else, you just open a window. All the buildings are like concrete. They're not like wood. And then you just open a window and her old and opa, they were just, it was so hot there. Cause we went right in June yeah. with like newborn babies who were just crawling around. Right. So it was, it was, I want to go back a different time. <laughs> yeah. That's very strange. I feel like I've heard some variation of that. Um, I can't think of the, the country. Um, it has Copenhagen in it. Is that Germany? I don't know. Okay. But one of my friends uh, taught English abroad for like a year, and he said that that was, that was an issue that he did not expect. A very like American thing that we take for granted is AC everywhere. Oh, yeah. If you walk inside, there's AC. It doesn't matter where it's at. And he was like, yeah, like my apartment had AC, but the school I taught at didn't and the yeah. supermarkets didn't. And nope. I was just like, wow. Nope. With none of that. We used to every morning we would wake up and walk to the bakery because there was no sense in driving everywhere. Right. Because it's so expensive for gas. Right. And then like we got on the Audubon because you're in Germany. You got to yeah, get on the Audubon. You got to get on the Audubon. But we walked to the bakery uh, every morning and, and they had like what they called America. It was like a big donut looking thing that they had that my son ate every morning hmm. but it was really good okay and uh me and him actually lost like 15 pounds because we walked everywhere <laughs> we didn't we didn't <laughs> drive anywhere we just walked <laughs> that makes sense i that's why they can have such delicious food there yep. with no consequences yep and then we took a train to paris oh wow and uh went to the louvre and uh, i showed videos and pictures of it before but uh when you if you do get a chance to go okay. get on a train it's like maybe a hour two hour ride doesn't seem like it's that long to get from Germany to Paris. And then you got to go to Paris once. Oh, yeah. But uh, if you stay in Paris, do not stay by the train station like we did because I'm cheap. And I wanted to be so close because I knew with two newborn babies, it was going to be hard to move right. anybody to get in the morning. So we stayed by the train station. 
don't stay by the train station. Is it for reasons that I'm thinking, obviously, uh, in my head? Paris is a nasty place. Oh, okay. It, you wouldn't think it from the movies and everything, but there is a huge portion of it that is nasty. I mean, they were just peeing on the streets. They were selling drugs out in the open. I mean, it was not it was not romanticized <laughs> like you see it in the movies. Now, you get around the, the Eiffel Tower and all that, it's a little bit nicer. Right, and sure. it's, a, it's kind of upscale. But we're right by the train station. Yeah, it's not. Okay. It's not. I will. Uh, I will keep a, a mental tab. <laughs> it, Stay away t- from the train station. Yeah, but you do got to go. It's it's one of the things you need to see. You know, I know right now it's kind of hard for doing anything, right? Because of what's going on with the world and even right. over there too. So this has definitely been like a catalyst for me to appreciate living in the moment with yeah. all things. You yeah. know, music especially but travel like i just said i've never left the u.s and as soon as things get back to quote-unquote normal mm-hmm. it's definitely going to be a priority because you never know and something like this could just right happen again so yeah and you're actually i said here you're the first one that's come up here on the, the bird's nest since all this has started and i don't blame people i mean we had a, a lady that was supposed to come up and she will eventually but she actually caught corona right like the day or two after she was supposed to come up here she or she got or she found out she had it i guess she didn't she called it before but she found out she had it so i'm like yeah i'm glad you stayed home because yeah that's that's not you know you be safe and you know sitting here we're far enough apart anyway yeah this is a good six i i don't think it's exactly six feet but it's close enough yeah and you're out in the woods anyway so you can you can run that way i can run that way if you need to (laughs) exactly so tell everybody kelly uh that don't know you about yourself go ahead sure um so i well, I guess I, I I'm here for mainly my music stuff. So I've I've only actually lived in Georgia. This will be in July. It'll be two years. Um, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, actually hated country music growing up. Uh, ironically, <laughs> if, as you can expect, if you you grow up in an area like that, you kind of end up not liking, it, especially when you're an angsty teenager. So I was in a punk little metal band all through high school. Uh, that was not good. I'm not even going to plug it. Um, <laughs> and did that, went to college in Chattanooga, Tennessee at university of Tennessee, Chattanooga in 2013. Um, and for whatever reason, uh, just started getting really into acoustic music. Uh, some of the friends that I made there were involved in a scene that Chattanooga had. And I was just fascinated with it because I had never been exposed to, I was exposed to Nashville country. Right. Right. So like that was my perception of all country music. But then you start getting into like folk and bluegrass and you realize it's a little more nuanced yeah. than, um, than it would seem on the surface. So I started uh, basically, I, I, I was always learning guitar, but I started basically like gearing it towards kind of more folky areas. Um, started a little duo in Chattanooga and then around... Let's see, 2017, uh, I graduated, got offered a TA position uh, at Kennesaw State University and decided that I was going to do that because it was a really sweet deal. And like left my band in Chattanooga and all this and came to Georgia specifically for school. But then I just found that this whole area, North Georgia, Kennesaw, um, everything north of that, and even in kind of close to Marietta and downtown Atlanta is just great for acoustic music. I oh, was yeah. not expecting it. It's grown a lot. Like I, said, I, I told you, we, you got here, I've been here for 35 years. So the area is rapidly growing and changing for music. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just in comparison to Chattanooga, like there was like, and I mean, of course, Chattanooga is kind of like a gem of a city. It's very mm-hmm. small and kind of contained, but there was like five venues really that you could play at and 
there was like, you know, six or seven artists that had kind of like cemented themselves as the best artists in the area and they just booked those venues out. So you were lucky to get a bar show. Yeah. Um, and it just wasn't, there wasn't a lot of possibility. And then I, when I came here, I found that like, even for entry level musicians, you know, like there is an abundance of competitions, mm-hmm. um, open mics, of course, uh, and venues that are great and a network of musicians that are supportive and talented and the saturation of just all of those things kind of blew my mind. So that's where I'm at now. Um, I, I have a semester left of grad school. I'm, I'm in school for English. I'm planning on teaching. Uh, and the good thing about teaching is the work-life balance is pretty cool okay. at a college level. I only have to physically be somewhere like six hours a week, uh, probably even less with coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, how are you about, I was going to ask, how are you actually doing classes now? Are you doing like online for yeah. everything for your... Well, I mean, ju- the whoever's listening to this as chaotic as it seemed on the outside anywhere was exactly how it was at a university level. Mm -hmm. Like no one knew what was going on and they just flipped the switch. They're like, all right, we're going to online and didn't, they didn't really warn teachers at all. So yeah, I, I only teach cause I'm still a graduate student. So they restrict you. I only teach two classes a semester. And, um, when we made the switch, I just was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I started making little YouTube videos of my lectures, that, which ended up being probably better than, you know. I have seen a couple of those. Okay. Yeah, um, they were fun. And I plan on doing it again in the fall if if things, ha- you know, happen to go in yeah. that direction again. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much a lot of people just went to Zoom meetings, you know. I mean, the you got to do what you got to do to flow. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, this has taught a lot of people that are teaching at any level, not just college. Like you got to be prepared to transfer your materials to any setting, especially online. Yeah. And in this day and age too, when everyone has internet access, practically, you got to be ready. Well, not out here. It's not, <laughs> we have it, but it's not very good. Yeah. And that, that's why I didn't want to do the zoom meetings is cause I was having, you know, colleagues that were like hosting zoom classes and they would get like random, like. <laughs> trolls that would just enter i um, heard about people doing that they were they were like hijacking the meetings yeah yeah um yeah it, it's it was rough and so uh it's like i said as chaotic as it seemed that's actually how it was hmm. but i think it'll be better moving forward uh because it was just kind of like unexpected yeah um and people either float or they sink in situations like that there's some people that made amazing things as teachers um and, you know, even musicians, like in the situation that oh, we yeah. find ourselves in, you see some people doing creative things you never would have thought of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's it was very strange, to say the least. And I, I honestly hope it never happens again, but I'm mentally prepared for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The My kids, um, my youngest, I've got twins that are about to be 11. And so they're in fifth grade. So when this whole thing hit, it was it was a struggle for them to learn and for, I think for their teachers to learn how to do it. Right. And I think that they, they kind of education wise, they did the best they could. Mm-hmm. But I think because nobody was really as prepared as, yeah. it, as something, because they didn't think about that, you right. know, so it quits the whole school. Now we can do it online. So they had a hard time adjusting, but they did figure, finally figured it out. And we, yesterday we drove uh, up to Knox Elementary and they had like the teachers out there waving for all the kids Aww. because 
fifth graders they go to middle school next year now. Right. When I went to school, it was seventh and eighth was middle school. Right. Now up here at sixth, seventh, eighth is yeah, considered. That's how it was when I grew up. Was it? Yeah. So they had they usually have like a walk around the school uh, for the fifth graders. I guess it's you know because they're graduating from I use that in quotes because it's fifth grade from right. fifth grade, yeah. but. They so they drove around instead of walking around because you can't walk right. around right now. So every, everything's changed. Even with musicians, I mean, even gigs and stuff. We were talking about the the festivals that have popped up, mm-hmm. um, and then we had like a such a band. We had our first audition lined up as once we got the whole band together, and then it's hit, and now everything blew blew apart. Yeah. So uh, as for you as a musician, how has it affected you? Oh, I'll tell you immediately. Um, I. <laughs> ironically decided like maybe a month before all of this happened that I was going to start self-recording an album Mm -hmm. and I'm a very I have a very tight schedule as it is uh so I had like block days where I was like here's the day that I'm recording here's the day that I'm mixing so on and so forth did you do it all yourself well that's the thing is like I I had 12 songs written and I had gotten through about five of them I've got actually about nine recorded now so I'm close but when this broke out and I had this, my actual like career switch to online, I found my time management just, yeah. And so, and I had no motivation because a lot of, I found a lot of my motivation as a musician comes from live music, like yes. going and performing in front of people, hearing feedback on your songs from people or even, you know, testing new things out. I found once that was gone, I was like really having to push myself to do the recording. And I had an, an initial, uh, release date of late april and now it's probably early july yeah um so that's really the main way it's affected me i am not uh, a musician that is like seeking to be famous i just like to do it because it's fun for me right um so like losing the live shows wasn't the worst thing it was still pretty bad mm. but i really feel for the musicians that it's their full-time thing oh you yeah know? like that's that's awful and then you just saw and i'm sure you saw it i'm sure everyone that's listening saw this um you went from pretty balanced live shows and pretty set schedules to all of a sudden everyone's doing instagram live everyone's doing mm-hmm. facebook live all at the exact same time oh, yeah. every single day and it's just like the the live the live aspect of music is really what what makes it a lot of the times yeah. and Facebook Live I'm sorry Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> it's not it can't replace that you know right. it, it's still good and it's it's floated us through this but I think everyone is more appreciative of meeting in person at this point yeah to go see a musician yeah it, it was hard for everybody I've talked to 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 figure out a way to to make a living out of it because those who mm-hmm. rely on that money. Now they're they're streaming and there's no real money in streaming. They yep. haven't found a way to monetize it. Monetize, monetize it. Thank yep. you. Your English, you're gonna help me out here. <laughs> I'm country, so everything comes out is gonna be weird. Um, see, I don't know how you say it, but make money off of it. I know what it means. <laughs> it sounds better than saying monetize. You're right, make money. Yeah. So the fact they had to make money off of it. Well, streaming, you know, you're relying on. There's like I think Stage It, maybe a couple other places where you can charge a little bit for somebody to come watch you. Yeah, I think I saw, is it the the Velvet Note downtown? They were doing, of course, they're a jazz venue, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, they were doing where you had to buy in and the tickets were like $40 or something. And I was like, apparently they're making money off of it. So they yeah. figured it out. But Yeah, um, I mean, I guess if you if you can do it that way. There, there's a uh, songwriting uh, thing in Nashville they had where they were charging people to vote hmm. for your favorite 
songwriter so they can move them forward. I'm like, how is that going to work? Because, I mean, I'm, I'm a cheapskate anyway. Right. You know, and I like helping other musicians. I'll buy their tickets or I'll, I'll tip them. Yeah. I'll do whatever I can to help them. That's why I started this podcast. But the idea to charge somebody to vote just didn't seem like it would work to me. No. I mean, so everybody's trying to figure it out as they go. And like we did, I was telling you as you was walking up, when we did the um, the Songbird, we did the Georgia versus Tennessee songwriting challenge. I did it for a couple of reasons. One, I was bored, mm-hmm. you know, and I needed to find something to do to keep my myself sane and do right do stuff and then i so i put all these eight georgia and eight tennessee riders together and then i let them live stream and then that was the way we kind of figured out how mm-hmm. it worked but as i did that i saw the socially distant fest pop up i saw all the other places pop up and i'm like well that's that's great but how can a songwriter that needs the money for that, make money off of it. Yeah. So I think it's a million dollar question everybody's still trying to figure out. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, I could see a future where something, you know, potentially pans out where there, there's a way to make money yeah. off of doing live stuff. But like, I don't know. I mean, it's already an issue in local music scenes anyways, it's getting people to show out sometimes. Right. right? So mm-hmm. like, how do you expect that to transfer over to online when they can just the second they're bored, click out, yeah. you know? Um, so I, I think I'm hopeful that something like people are figuring it out and staying afloat right now. But I really think once it transfers back, this lapse is going to make people appreciate it. And mm-hmm. hopefully there'll be a resurgence where people are like, okay, all those times where I got invited to a show and I wanted to stay home, you yeah. know, and get drunk and watch Netflix by myself. <laughs> I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I'm going to go right. and see this show because now I realize that it's not the same once it's gone. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I think, I don't know. Have you heard of Twitch? People apparently been making money off of that. They do. I think that's more for video games. That, but I think that's like where it started out. But I've been hearing a lot of good things about musicians on there. Yeah, I think if you can get enough followers, or I'm not sure how. It's probably like everything else. Once you get ad revenue put into it. Yeah. And even like with a podcast, you try to get ad revenue built into it as well. That's how you make money off of it. I mean, because I do this, I don't get paid for it, so you get sponsors. Right. I think the same thing happens with Twitch is is if you get a certain amount of followers to listen to it or to, to be part of it, mm-hmm. then you make money off of it. So I hadn't really looked on the money side. I know my son, uh, he lives in Warner Robins. He went to uh, Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. and he has a friend. She uh, plays like Call of Duty, and she has a Twitch channel, and she has she makes decent money wow. out of doing that. You know, I mean, she makes probably twenty, thirty thousand a year just playing video games on that, and I don't think she really does it that much. I hadn't looked. She may make more by now, yeah. but I mean, sit there to play online. That that's I'm a middle aged man for a reason. That's why my band is Yes, Ma'am. As I that stuff is so beyond me. I'm trying to catch up. I'm still like on a VCR trying to hit play and record <laughs> at the same time, but. If anybody knows how Twitch works, let us know because I'm curious how it works yeah, too. Yeah, let, let me know because I want to make some money off of live streaming. Yeah. I like playing around with green screens and music, but I don't See, get it. the green screen, how do you do that? Is that an app that you use? My wife tried to tell me something about it, but I just like, well, do I got to paint the wall behind me? Or? Oh, you mm-hmm. just get a green. It just has to be an obnoxiously light color of green. Okay. Um, It doesn't matter what color it is. So you could just get a blanket. That's green, but it has to be so like distinctly green, you know, like uh-huh. not like the color of like a leaf or something. Okay. Like a darker green, but once you get that kind of lime colored green, um, if you just go in, I use Adobe Premiere. 
Okay. Um, but you could use any video editing software, and I think it's called Keying. I'm not sure. Uh, but you ba- you tell the software, here's the color that I want you to remove. And as long as like, if I was wearing this shirt in front of a green screen, you know, yeah. it would just be my, my, I'm wearing a green shirt <laughs> in case anyone is wondering what I'm talking about. You would disappear. But as long as you're not wearing anything, you're disappears. And then you just say, Hey, I want to put in this background. Okay. And I will say it's like anything. It's trial and error. Yeah. But, uh, once you get it, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I know a buddy of mine does on social distant fest, uh, Keith cuts. He oh, does yeah, yeah, yeah. green screens all over the place. And I'm like, that is so cool. I wish I could do that, but it would take me probably two months to figure out how to do it. Is Keith the one, I feel like I've crossed paths with him. He has this like little guitar. Ukulele that he plays on. Okay, yeah. yeah. But it looks like an electric guitar. Yes. Okay, yeah. I've definitely crossed paths And he with does like guy. Christian rap or something. Yep. Is what, yeah, yeah. That, that's Keith. Okay. I met him actually in Atlanta uh, in a songwriter uh, group, the Atlanta Songwriters Meetup is where i used to i started when i got back into music i started doing that to get out playing open mics just mm-hmm. to get a get comfortable right um but that's where i met him from and okay. yeah, he's i see him all the time now on that on social distance i'm gonna get him up here eventually if i can yeah get him up here he was he was very he was very cool and his music was good i i don't remember oh i do remember i met him at uh the tin roof cantina yeah that sounds about right yeah and he was like he went on right before me and I was just so amazed by his little ukulele thing. Because yep. he said, if I remember correctly, um, he said that he got it. It's like a foreign-made instrument, but then he got it, like, modified with, like, U.S. parts. Okay. So it's like a hybrid. It's like it comes from, like, China or something, but then it's, like, super quality parts on the inside. That oh, yeah. kind of went in and, and gutted it and put in new stuff. He has. I know when I first met him, he was just playing the regular ukulele, but, yeah, I've seen the electric one that he has, too. It's, it's funny to look at it. It so is. anybody listening who don't know Keith Cuts, check him out. He's got some really good music too. Yeah, he does. He does. It's very like reggae-ish. Yeah. I, he, when he raps, I tell him, I said, you remind me of Skilo a lot because Skilo used to rap and not cuss. <laughs> and same thing with Keith. He, he do it. So. It's so hard to rap and not cuss. I know. Like if, if I ever try to improvise rap, I feel like I have to. It's a part I'm, of the genre at this <laughs> point. <right? laughs> yeah. But if you listen to like some of the greater ones in early, they didn't. I mean, Will Smith doesn't yeah. really cuss. Um, Skilo doesn't cuss. Yeah. Uh, not by nature does now, but they didn't a lot, but now it's different. Yeah. But yeah, then you hear like DMX and yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the early nineties <laughs> on. See, I, I'm very well versed in music. I listen to all kinds of stuff too. I liked when I, I went to my rap phase when I was younger, it started with two life crew. Okay. That's and then it went to, uh, uh, who was the next one? Probably ice cube, stuff like that. And went that way, but okay. we can get all kinds. That of was stuff probably, that. that was like the golden age. Yes. Yeah, I was like I was I was born seventy seven, so in nineties is when I started listening Ooh. to a digital underground when they had Tupac and all that in there. Humpty. Okay, yeah, yeah, you experienced the uh, the golden age for sure. I had I had my I had my granny buy me the Two Life Crew tape because I wasn't old <laughs> enough to buy it. And she didn't know what it was, and the, the, the guy asked, "Do you really want him to have this?" And she goes, "Why?" And he he kind of looked at me funny. I was like, "Oh, he just cusses a lot." Yeah, go ahead, whatever. I didn't tell her nice. anything else about it. Nice. Sounds like a cool lady. Yeah, she she was. Like I said, uh, she's all this family on land, so she's buried right over there with my grandfather and, and my father. Okay. So everybody uh, that's been up here knows what what I'm talking about. For those who haven't, you probably heard about it. If you hadn't, we're all on family on land, and I I don't have to tell anybody there's a family graveyard here. I let them figure it out when they get up here. So. Yeah. Normally, like when it gets like the fall time, it gets dark. They play out here in the dark, like Garrett and uh, Allison did. Yeah. It freaks them out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So you want to play a song for us? Sure. All right. What's uh, I got a line for you right there. 
Uh, you can just hook oh, it into nice. it. That's what I was wondering. I was like, Oh yeah, I've got all of it hooked up. I here will now. say this guitar is a bit of a softy. Um, I'll let you. I'll let you gauge it though. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll just. Pickup uh, is a little soft. I'll adjust the volume on it as much as I need to. Oh, uh, do it that way so everybody knows. Kelly came up here. He's gonna play a couple songs for us. Everybody's seen or heard the show knows I like to have live music played. So we'll get uh get him some music playing. And uh, normally I edit it, but because of the you're the first one, uh, I'm gonna put yours out tomorrow. Okay. So go raw all the way. So we're gonna yep go raw all the way. Make it quick and easy. Good. Do you know what song you wanna play first? Yeah. So I'm gonna start with a slower song because okay. you said that the the third or the fourth one you're gonna do live, right? Right. All right. That's the one that I I have one special set aside. But this is if you've all if anyone's listening, they've seen me around Georgia. You've surely heard this song. Um, but if you haven't, this one's called No Damn Ring. Um, actually, I was a little hesitant to name it that because it's kind of off-putting to people, uh-huh. right? When they hear it, they're like, what? This song sounds so angry. <laughs> uh, that's because it is. It comes from an angry place. Um, but I think it's good now. In retrospect, you know, I don't think it's... And you'll, you'll hear it, so you can be the judge of that. Um, but it just came from a relationship that I was in. Uh, just to give some context, like maybe six months after I moved to Georgia. Okay. I moved here with a longtime girlfriend. We were dating for four years we broke up. Um, and then I started using these dating apps, you know, that are super popular. Cause I was like, why not? What do I have to lose? turns out you have a lot to lose when it comes to your sanity. Uh, so I started seeing this girl and she was really cool and, uh, we were only seeing each other. We went on several dates um, but she did this thing called ghosting me. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard of it, but I couldn't tell you what it okay. means. Is that where she just doesn't call you back? Yeah. Okay. Um, and it was just like so out of nowhere because like, you know, I didn't feel like I did anything wrong. And for me, if I were going to, you know, cut someone off, I'd be like, hey, I'm cutting you off. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're, we're through. So she like blocked me from all social media and just like <laughs> I never, I still don't know what's where she's at or what she's doing. So I was like, this is a perfect excuse to write a song. Yes. Right. Um, And so it started out as that, and and then it kind of turned into an existential crisis. Is this picking up? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. Okay. I didn't tune the guitar, but it sounds about right. Travel away. Don't know. Hit you. It's poison. Bit you. And you say, I never change. Now you're walking and talking away, not taking the blame. There's a reason we're taking the road. Let's travel away. Yeah. That gravel road cut my feet There were no cars that I could see This path 
path I walk Don't need no name No GPS, no damn ring If I stay this path, no telling where I'll crash Cause I can't refrain And I bet that you're hurting inside Cause you're still the same There's a reason we're taking the road Let's travel away That gravel road cut my feet There were no cars that I could see path I walk, don't need no name, no GPS, no damn ring. When life gets rough, we just get by. Times are tough to wonder why Sometimes we think we never die And then wake up to years gone by come through that good okay cool yeah you can upload me if you want to or sit off the side i haven't played that song truthfully in probably two months i didn't even try to practice it before coming here it was one of those songs that i played so much that I was <laughs> hey, like, you remember it yeah yeah now do you have uh, how many songs you have you written so far total you know you got like uh, a like that you would consider all, finished, yeah, I don't know. Consider finished, probably like 15. 15. Um, I'm one of those songwriters, like, I over, I always get really, I'm very, like, melodically driven. Okay. So I'll get random ideas, and um, I'll, like, write a song very quickly. Uh, and for me, I feel like one out of every four songs is good. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've got, like, all of these, like, skeleton songs that are, like, really cliche or, you know, whatever. Um, and I, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I messed up your whole mic game there. No, you're good. Um, I'd say probably in total, I maybe have like 50 songs, but uh, like ones that I would play in front of another human being, 15. Now, do you have any songs that you play that, that people ask you to play that you don't really like anymore? Uh, yeah. One, one in particular, uh, you may have heard of it. Um, I wrote a song one time with a friend when I was heavily intoxicated that is a, tr is a tribute to Tom Hanks. Have you heard of this? I have it. I'll definitely play it. Um, just because I feel like you've never... It, w when you first hear the song, you're like, that's amazing. But be it, imagine being the person playing the song uh -huh. at in a bar situation, right? 
Um, like I kind of cut my teeth in the Chattanooga music scene and became known as the Tom Hanks guy for, for playing the song. And then like when I moved to Georgia, I was like, should I play it? And there was a couple of such, you know, sometimes when you're on stage and you're like, I, you get that, your mind goes blank. You don't remember what you know. Right. right? And people will be like, oh, play an original. And I'm like, okay, well, I do know this one, Tom Hanks. So like when I played it at a couple of places, it kind of stuck. And sometimes when I play it, places people be like tom hanks yeah tom hanks i'm like no <laughs> but to be fair like if i'm remembered as the tom hanks guy in history I wore, it's a good way to go at least you're remembered right right exactly <laughs> <laughs> as long as tom hanks gives me recognition that's my only uh he's probably not going to but if i hear from him at one point in my life right. and he's like that's a good song man I'll have to remember when I tag this to put Tom Hanks in there. See, yeah, please, please put him in here. <laughs> I've tried so many times to reach out to him to no avail. Yep. So, but that—that's probably the one song that I would think I get the most annoyed from requests. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, okay, yes, I'll do it, but only because I like it a little bit. Um, but no, I mean some some of the other songs, I I kind of stayed true to the the genre mm. of like acoustic folk music and country music, so they're kind of depressing, <laughs> right? You don't get a lot of like super uplifting things that come out of that genre. Uh, so a lot of my songs are like based off of real bad relationship experiences or like things that I've noticed about society that I'm like I'm gonna write a song about yeah. this. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really get annoyed other than the Tom Hanks song about anyone requesting anything. Yeah, and that's, songwriters, and if, you, if you're not a songwriter, you may not know this, but a lot of people should listen to the what you're saying, is that we do get in there and forget. Every songwriter I ever met forgets their own songs. Yeah. You think they wouldn't because, oh, you wrote that song. How can you forget your own song? Well, you also are playing the melody. You're trying to remember where the chords are going. You're trying to you're paying attention to the the people out in the audience, see if they're they're looking back yep. at you. You know, There's at a the lot time, of gears turning yeah. in at once. And yeah. I have a problem myself when I do that. I go faster than I should. Mm. And even with a band, if I'm looking around, if I'm not paying attention, they got to rein me in because like, hey, where are you going? You slow down. You wrote this song. You're going faster than you should. <laughs> it's not easy. It's, it's not. not easy. And do you do cover songs as well? I do. How many covers are you? Can you play? Uh, I've got a list, like a master list, on my phone. Okay. Um, I of course, since I've not really been doing live music, I'm sure you know, and I have truthfully have not been practicing as much as I should. Yeah. Or at all. <laughs> yeah, I found that out when I finally started back with the band to practice because I hadn't yeah. played. It's like, oh my god, I forgot how to play these songs. Right. I, I've got a good, like, you know, I've got some that are in there specifically for bar situations because you got to play the hits that people want. What's you your know? favorite to play then? Uh, I mean, my favorite personally is probably anything by uh, Matt Heckler. Have you ever heard of him? Mm -mm. He's got a couple of songs. He, well, he's a fiddle player, but okay. it's like a. I guess the reason I like it is because he comes from like a punk rock background mm -hmm. and then he became this just incredibly badass bluegrass player yeah and so all of his songs have got that like energy to them you know the bluegrass energy but the punk energy so yeah. if i when i play his songs i really get into it um but i would say probably my favorite that is like popular amongst people people is anything by tyler childers okay people love that yeah so you, you play kind of the deeper stuff you don't play like more of the popular stuff no no and that's direct i can't from growing up in Nashville. Uh -huh. It's just like in me that I cannot do the party country stuff. Yeah, and the country now, I mean, it's not really country. We've had this, I've had this conversation a couple of times is like the older stuff. I like Conway Twitty. 
Oh yeah, I love the older stuff. Got a couple of his LPs. Um, I try to get Alan to sing some Conway Twitty. He's 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 never heard of them, and he listened to it. He's like, oh, we like that. I said, but you gotta be when you do those, you gotta be careful because in a bar situation, yeah. if you take a well-known cover and mess it up, oh, yeah. people have no problem telling you when no. you <laughs> they'll light you up. on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so we do um, that. Do you have one that you get requested that you don't like to do? Huh. Well, I mean, obviously, the one thing that pisses any musician off is if you hear someone say Freebird. Freebird. Wagon Wheel's for me. I hate Wagon Wheel. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I will not play Wagon Wheel. I, I <laughs> thank God I've never been requested that, but that would, and I don't even, I'm sure it's an easy song. It is an easy song yeah. to play. It's just, it, it's, I don't know. There's something about the song that just drives me crazy. Yeah. So, like, if they want it, the band can play it. I'll step off, have a beer, and I'll come back when the next song starts. Yeah. I've gotten, I've gotten requested, uh, what is that? Uh, I can't think of the name of the song or the guy that wrote it, but it's called Luckiest Man. You are the luckiest man. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh. It's not, it's not a country song. It's not the country song, right? Is, is yeah. It, is, is it Ben's Fold or is it a country song? Because it's, it's like in the wheelhouse of country, but it's not exactly country. Okay. But like some, for some reason, people attach his like vocal range to me okay um especially if i'm doing covers and i get requested him and i don't know how to do that song specifically but there was another one um it's called like last night i've been drinking that's the title of the song um that's a good bar song to play okay. or really any avid brothers song is great for yep. bars people love that I, I, was, I was looking through your your profile you're a big fan of the avid brothers like that's kind of helped what mode you as a musician right? yeah yeah, I'd say that was they were probably like the defining influence that got me outside of like my friends influencing me. But I remember the first time I heard them, I was in high school and I was kind of blown away. Mm -hmm. And they were like the one weird thing that I had back when we had iPods. Yeah, I still like have the, an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> it was before you could instantly stream anything. So you had to carefully select. And I had a couple of Avid Brothers song on top of all these like metal bands. Um, <laughs> and so they were like my one like weird thing that I had. But then as I got older, it was more of that. Um, but yeah, they were. And I I don't know. I'm sure you've listened to them. I wouldn't necessarily even define. They're kind of like Americana. Yeah. In a way. It's like very high energy, um, catchy, poppy kind of stuff. They're... I know they're a little more like folk, but they're not bluegrass because it's not quite as fast. I mean, bluegrass musicians are, are like metal to me. They're just right. so crazy how fast they right. play. But yeah, you're right. They're kind of. I don't. It's it's not it's not geared nowadays. It should be on the radio, but you probably would never hear them on the country right. radio. But you should. It fits more of like the times, like in the early, I guess uh, maybe the late '80s, yeah, early '90s style, which is great music. Yeah, and so I, I don't know why they don't get played as much. Yeah, and their last—I'm sorry, Avid Brothers, if you're listening to this—their last three albums were just awful. Because they, I mean, it happens to bands, but they decided to just go in this weird direction. Yeah, and then their last album was like a hundred percent political, and I was like, really? Come on, guys! Like, it's not that I agree or disagree with what you're saying. It's you just, just don't like, want to hear it yeah, in music. Exactly, it's an right. escape. That's what music should be. Yep. And so that would kind of made me appreciate them a little less, but their earlier stuff, like the I and loving you album, probably their best for sure. Yeah. Uh, you're right. A lot of musicians get that, that, that they get where they think that they want to expand mm -hmm. what they are, but they, they take all this time to build up 
a following and then they get the style and oh great well now let's change it yeah you know i get i guess i can kind of get wanting to grow as an artist but to me growing as an artist does not mean change your style 100 percent. you know i wonder so i had this conversation with someone recently because it feels like that happens to a, a lot of bands like their first it's either their first couple of albums or like their middle albums or their best work. Right. It seems like my perception of that is like, once you get to that level where you're just playing, like that is your, you're making money, right? Like that's your livelihood. You're incredibly successful. It just seems like you would be surrounded by yes men at that point. And I think that's a problem. They are because once you get to that kind of clout, then you don't have to look maybe because most of the artists, they look outside for, songwriters or they get like these three they got three or four songwriters on the song which is crazy when you get more than that Mm -hmm. but they'll look for outside songs and they'll put their own spin onto it and they'll learn to write as they go so they're building their following and they're building their sound right and then once they find that sound oh automatically i guess it's just natural progression of of human to think about it's like oh if i don't change i'm going to lose all these people and then what's going to happen so i need to do something different to bring in new people but and no you, one's going to tell them that it's bad right. when you're that famous. Right. And they don't, because they make the money, they've already made them millions and millions of dollars. Right. Oh, yeah, whatever you want, go right ahead. Right. And then when it doesn't work out, oh, well, sorry, yeah. sign somebody else now. That I think the thing that frustrates me about the Avid Brothers specifically is like they do that where they'll just go in completely different directions, but there's always one or two songs and every, all of these newer albums that are like connected to their roots. So it's like, yeah. you know, they're still in that wheelhouse, but they want to move away from that but they always have one or two and it ends up being their most popular songs on the albums i'm like can you not look and just like make these connections but whatever i think it's a lot are they signed or they're they're signed aren't they just like they yeah i i'm not a hundred percent sure i know i remember watching a documentary about them where they were almost a a professional cover band in nashville they were about to sign like uh it was like a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year which is you know to the average person it's incredible money and they were basically told, scrap all your originals. We're going to give you a set list and you're going to do this for the next 10 years. Yeah. And they almost took it. <laughs> and so I feel like if I were to guess, I would say they're under some independent label because they probably are a little shell-shocked from that experience of yeah. being so close to being like corporatized. Yeah. See, and I don't, and that, that goes to, to me, like, I don't mind doing covers. I mean, I'm not a big fan of covers because I'm a songwriter. You yeah. Know? I want to play my music. But I also understand the fact that until people really know your music, if they hear it on the radio, which even though they say radio's dead, that's still kind of the, the benchmark for songwriters. Mm-hmm. Oh, my song's on the radio. Yeah. Because anybody can put their song streaming now. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just not hard to do it. No. But, oh, my song's on the radio. It's cut by another artist. That's what I like as a songwriter is, will I ever be famous in singing? No, I doubt it. I really seriously doubt it. But can my song? Of course, because my songs can live on longer than I can. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's where the big they have a bigger problem is, is they get to a certain point that they just forget that part of it. Yeah. So it's sad, but it happens with all of them. But it it's is. a cycle. I mean, it's yeah. There's not many mainstays. Like country is. I don't know much about the other genres because I don't study them as much. But like country, there's only a handful of people that are mainstays. Like George Strait, right? Mainstay. He can. He had like twenty, thirty years in the music business. Got flies flying around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We're outside guys and gazebos. I can't help the bugs, the woodpeckers you hear going to town out here. It's part of the ambiance. Right. Yeah. Uh, And the mainstays, like in rock and pop music, you really don't get that anymore. 
And yeah. I think, I don't know about much about folks. I mean, Allison Krauss is bluegrass. She's a mainstay. She's like the queen of bluegrass. Oh, yeah. She's great. Um, so I, I think that's kind of a problem of just of maybe the way the world's working now. What yeah. We talked about earlier with the streaming and people's kind of attention spans. It always goes back to, oh, I don't have the attention span to listen to a whole album. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. Do I think? have noticed, though, that there's been a resurgence in, like, the last five to ten years of uh, folk artists, mm-hmm. like, local. If you get a really good video made, not a music video where you're, like, playing to a track, but, like, going out, um, turn on a camera, mm-hmm. play me your song. You see a lot of these people um, on these YouTube channels that get, you know, 20, 30 million views on a single song that they put out. And like you said, no one's going to go and listen to their album, but that is like incredible to me that, that you still get the attention to really good live acoustic music where it needs to be. Yeah, if you can figure out a YouTube, let me know because I can't get Can can I do my first plug? Absolutely. (laughs) This podcast, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I am starting, uh, I might have, I... I've started the social side of it, but I'm not really like going full until June. Um, but I have like a background in video editing and that's exactly what I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. is, um, recording basically one song for different artists that I know out in the middle of nature. It's called off trail originals. It took me, f- I, I had that name from the beginning, but it felt too cheesy. And so yeah. I contemplated it for a while. Um, but I'm going to stick with it. And so far, I've recorded five artists, but I'm not planning on dropping videos till June. And Did I you drop one with Katie Martin? No. no okay. No. Yeah. Um, but if you're listening to this and you're an acoustic artist and you've got an original song and you like hiking, you got to meet, meet all three of those criteria. <laughs> um, hit me up. I would love to help you get a video out. Um, so far, I've done Garrett, uh, not Jarnigan, Garrett uh, Wheeler. Garrett Wheeler. Uh, Jennifer Barger. Okay. I'm about to do Amanda Rourke. Okay. Um, and this guy, incredible claw hammer banjo player named uh, Grant Thompson. Okay. Uh, but that my goal is to basically, while the weather's good, um, a video every week, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. So that I like I was just saying, I've always been personally um, in awe from these YouTube channels that can get that viewership just by going out and recording artists that yeah. no one knows about. Um, or at least the internet, you know, yeah. in the, in the local area, people know about them. Um, so that, that is my first of two shameless plugs. And you're gonna have to remind me about the other one later. Cause I'm sure I'll forget about yeah. it. How, um, how would it work on that for the acoustic stuff? Cause I'd love to do it with me and Alan. I mean, yeah. cause he, he can sing, I'll play, but is it, are you walking and playing at the same time? It's, uh, uh, I don't have any B roll with me. The way that I've been doing it. So with, uh, with the Trump stimulus money, I was fortunate enough to get that. And, uh, I've, I've had a camera, but I got this really nice, like shotgun mic. Okay. And it's just me by myself and we go hiking and we, as the name of it indicates, we go somewhere off trail, Yeah. um, find a cool little spot. And then I'll just set up the mic and, uh, record them kind of close up for a couple of takes. Um, they're just playing one song. And then I take the mic away after we've gotten a good take and I get a couple of just different shots of them playing the song. Um, It's worked out really well. I'd say my favorite one so far was Jennifer Barger because we were like, we had no idea where we were going to shoot and we found this little road. Um, And hers is going to be the second video that comes out, but it was like such a picturesque like country road, Mm -hmm. like wrapped around this hill and there was just a field of yellow flowers. It was was perfect. Um, But I would love to, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, let me know. I mean, if you wanted to do something here, this is a beautiful location. Absolutely. If you want anybody else to, I'm welcome. Just let me know. I yeah. Don't care. Yeah. Want to it's, come up here. it's a lot easier than I thought it would be. Um, cause I have like a lapel mic too. So they have two mics going on. So I'm getting their voice really loud. And then the shotgun's kind of picking up everything. Yeah. I thought about getting the pail for, for here for yeah. when we start doing it, especially when I go inside because right now the weather's nice, but when it gets cold, um, I want to build, and I still all this family on, so in my house and my garage, they got a four-car garage, I'm going to split in half and build a studio for the band and for podcasts yep. because uh, if you listen to a couple of them, Aaron Richard and um, I think the Mount Royal Band, they came up here, it was so cold. I mean, we're out here sitting on our hands, they had an interview, and they were, they were so great, they all came up here and froze their ass off, but they were still like, yeah, so I was like, okay, I need to do something different for when you get to go. <laughs> Just get a little uh, bonfire right here in the middle. Oh, my wife said, "Oh, bring a bring like a heater." I was like, "I said it's dead winter. Everything's dead, and you yeah. want to put heat on this." I'm like, "Ah, no. We'll just, I'll just bring like a yeah snuggies for everybody. Just get the snuggies, <laughs> and we can sit here and talk." Hey, snuggies, they'll protect you from more than you think they would. My wife has one. I love. I stole it from her. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm She's... pretty sure the one I have is stolen from an ex. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, who would buy a snuggie? It's always a stolen thing. Yeah, you, know? you can't find one anymore. My yeah. wife got a, a big pink one that I love. You know, she said, well, "I'd buy you one, but they'll have a pink." It's like, I don't care. Yeah, it doesn't matter to me anymore. Because yeah. when you're wearing a snuggie, who cares? You're in right. your house. Who's gonna see you? Yeah, you know. You don't warm. wear them out in public. <laughs> warm and comfortable and just sleeping. Because I like it cold when I sleep. So I'll turn on a fan because I have a hard time sleeping without it. Right. Or when it's cold, I'll open a window. Like when we go camping, I said, I'll go camping with you. I said, but it's got to be wintertime or cold outside. It's 50 degrees. It's about as, it's about as warm as I want it outside mm. because I don't like heat. I just can't, yeah. I can't sleep in the heat. Yeah. So we, we do that stuff. She's got to, we do a lot for the, the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts up here. Uh, my, my son and my daughter are both boy scout and girl scout so they'll do like camp outs up here okay we'll do like a had a big screen up there one time out on that side of the yard we played back to the future for them and then okay. we threw up tents and then eventually like you talk about your your thing for your youtube the off trail i want to do maybe not a youtube i didn't think about a youtube but it probably would work that way over there there's a pool i'm gonna drain i've said this before and you guys may have heard it i'm gonna drain it and put a stage in there and do a concert Oh, record yeah. concerts into it like the old 90s how grunge deep, how deep is it so uh, eight and a half feet oh yeah that would be nice so at very bottom and then put this thing and you get the natural acoustics from yeah that's the, how i would say it'd be like a little amphitheater yep that's actually a really good idea so i just got to drain it but I, I was gonna do it um here last year and then what happened is it got cold when the idea hit to me so okay i'm gonna do it but then uh georgia farm bureau who is my mom's insurance company which I'm going to say don't ever use Georgia Farm Bureau. I hope somebody listens from Georgia Farm Bureau. Um, want us to put a fence up. I was like, you're in the middle of the woods. I was like, who's going to jump in here but squirrels? And dear, I pull more rabbits and stuff out of there than you would anything else. Wow. So mm -mm. that's my tangent for the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a worthy tangent, though. Yep. You want to play one more, another song for us? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Speaking of tangents, this <laughs> song is uh, slightly a tangent. <laughs> it's a good segue. See, I know how to kind of weave the segues together. Oh, he brought his harmonica packs. Now, I learned that you have different keys yeah. for harmonica. I didn't know that until I started looking at the harmonica. It's like, oh, well, you, if you got an F, you got to play like a G or whatever it is, a C. I think it's like three down or four down, whatever. Yeah, these are like, so I, I 
after a year of playing guitar with harmonica i decided to like upgrade because i was just using like the blues band that's one i have okay (laughs) and they're great but the problem is like from a volume and holding a note perspective they're really bad Mm -hmm. um but they hit the same notes and everything but yeah most harmonicas will have the key placement right there and actually what i learned with the higher end harmonicas is depending on the keys is the price varies too okay like c is the most ubiquitous like everyone when you buy if you ever go anywhere like a novelty shop and they have harmonicas for sale it's always going to be a c harmonica that's mm-hmm. like the key because you can do uh, uh i can't think of it like you can bend the notes on a harmonica and get different keys mm-hmm. out of it especially on a c but some of the other ones that i have like in the key of e or the key of f like not there's not a lot of songs that will support that so like this was a 40 dollar harmonica but the the e one was like 65 really and they're the exact same <laughs> but just because it's a completely different key yeah. i'm not that good at a harmonica player yet i just now realize that when you blow in it's one note when you suck <laughs> out it's the other so so uh, <laughs> hey, that's all you need to do to play harmonica is just right. blowing and sucking <laughs> people try to put these fancy words on it but no bending the note that's what it's called that's something that I'm still learning, but I found that if you want to get to that level of being a harmonica player, you have to, uh, you can't play with a stand. Like you have to be holding it because yeah. you have to be able to warp it with your hands oh, okay. and stuff. Yeah. So like when you're playing like what I'm about to do with just a guitar and a harmonica, you're just going to be hitting single notes. That's yeah. all you can do. It will be. So <clears throat> this is my first time doing any type of live music performance outside of streaming stuff since early March and uh, I had this nice balance where anywhere I played I knew exactly how far I needed to be singing and then playing harmonica Uh so if you're listening and the harmonica is exceptionally loud I'm sorry it's because I've had a couple (laughs) months off and I don't remember exactly where things need to be yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna adjust it as you go too so I'll figure it out How's that distance? And then I'll kind of lean in to sing a little bit. Yeah. Um, so uh, back to the segue, sorry. Uh, this song is called Complacency. And I wrote it because, as I said earlier in the pod, I, I'm planning on becoming an English teacher, and I've been teaching for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the different, not to go down a whole rabbit hole, but there's, I, I found with most things in life, when you think something is very simple on the outside, and once you start doing it, you find out that it's more complicated than you think. I always thought teaching would be such an easy gig. <laughs> I was like, I looked from the outside in, I was like, man, all you have to do is just show up, talk for a couple minutes and give them homework and they'll go home. You now, know? what age did you teach? Uh, just entry college. college so okay. yeah, yeah. So like freshman in college. Okay. Anyways, there's different ways that you can teach composition in college, and one of the ways is through like political rhetoric, where you get them to basically write about things that are going on Mm -hmm. in politics, right? So like the first semester, I was like, that interests me, because I'm interested in politics, and I like to talk about it, and I think students would be too, right? They're 18 years old, they're angsty, like, you know, they're going to want to talk about some things. Well, it turns out, that is not the, at least from my experience, I was teaching two classes, I found out that probably less than 5% of the students in each class actually cared about the assignment. Pretty much everyone else was like, I don't really care. Yeah. So I got inspired for this song because um, as any, I guess I would classify myself as a millennial because I'm 25. But if you go on the internet, you find that there's a lot of people my age in the, the 35 under in category that like to talk about politics. Mm-hmm. 
then you meet these people in person like I did. You find out that they don't vote. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They don't know really anything about politics, but they like to be very angry right on the Internet. And so that's where this song kind of came out of it. It's just it's called complacency. Lyrically, I think you'd be able to decipher that. But um, it's really just kind of an anthem to say, hey, if you want to be involved politically, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. Just go out and vote. Come on. Don't don't get on Twitter. It's not going to help anything. You know, don't get on Facebook and post stuff. It's not going to help anything. (laughs) So I hope you all like it. (laughs) That's my intro to that. (laughs) Hopefully I remember this one. This town may never see a man from the moon. At least they'll never be alone, just like you. Now it's 3 a.m. and the Z's kicking in, and I toss myself to the floor. I'm not messing around in this dirty old town till I find what I'm looking for, a dream to believe. I don't think we'll ever see a change in our lives we live complacently in the tune of the times and we walk around with our heads pointed down typing every thought in our brains there's no reason or rhyme to this moment in time and we all have something to say now a dream can receive It's our fault Not just y'all Let me It's our life, not just mine. Let me be. I might have had the game turned down on this. It picked it up. Okay, cool. Um, cool. Well, that was fun. I think I might. Uh, you see, you should never address like a fuck up as an artist. <laughs> but I realized at some point I 
was having to transition to a bridge and I forgot that I wrote a bridge and we were just <laughs> talking about that. Right. It's like, oh yeah, this song does have a bridge that I have to <laughs> jump into real quick. It happens with everybody. Like I said, there's like certain, certain, I guess, a structure that a lot of people want to follow. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes when you go off that structure, it actually makes the song a little better. I agree, yeah. So I'll just so I can hear your voice again. So I like that. I mean, I can hear very folksy. I can tell you're you're very folksy. Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard of you. I've never met you. It's the first time I actually got to meet you. Um. So, but I, I like your stuff. I like it's very folksy style. I can see where. I can't imagine you doing pop like punk rock now, but okay. I can. I, I seen. Well, I stuff. played bass, the so bass. I, I was just kind of you know there. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't really. Um. But yeah, thank you. It's uh. It's a genre that uh, has been around forever and will continue to be around forever. Oh, yeah. I think it's like the whole point of folk music is just like simple, catchy chord progressions and talking about contemporary things. Yeah, it's life. Yeah. So I think a lot of the young people, when they want to get out, they, they first start their garage band. Yeah. They're playing heavy metal or punk music. You right. Know? And then as they grow older, life happens. Then they start drifting toward yeah. folk music or yeah. country music or pop music, whatever. They go to stories. Right. And I think it's just it's natural progression. It is. And you see it with everyone. Yeah. They kind of mellow out. But like you said, they kind of take the same idea of wanting to connect like their feelings about life and everything. Um, but not in a violent way right. through uh, <laughs> metal music. Or it just gets to the point where you're like, okay, I can't keep going to these Right. shows you know and getting hurt <laughs> i get a headache if it's too loud yeah as i know i'm starting to get old i took my wife out when we like we've been married for 12 years almost 12 years um so it'll be 12 years just next month but we went to the opera in atlanta i uh-huh. guess it's called the opera it's some dance club man it was too loud really i was just, and that was like 10 years ago i was like oh my lord no thank you it's too <laughs> i mean loud. See, I hate to say it as like I turned 25 in less than a month. So I'm still 24 right now, uh-huh. but I'm starting to get to the point where like that stuff is getting less appealing to me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, um, I mean, I still can go out. Like I go to music festivals every year except this year, but, uh, I can still go out and do that if it's an artist that I like, but if someone's like, let's go downtown and go dancing and yeah. like, go to a club, I'm like, uh, that was cool when I was 19, 20, 21. But yeah. now I'm like, uh, not the the most appealing thing in the world. No, it's, it's I like going to festivals and music stuff too. Like yeah. I don't know if they still have it in Gainesville. They used to do um, Lake Lanier had uh, Lanier 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 Land. It was Lanier Night. I can't remember. It was so long ago, but they used to play music at there. At okay, um, and then we would go listen like Charlie Daniels, Reba McIntyre. They would play country hits gotcha. and like the fairs and stuff like that too. It was always fun. Yeah. So we also talked about your other plug. We talked about podcasts. You got yes, a podcast, right? Plug number two. So both of the things that I'm plugging are like in their infancy, right? That's fine. As you know, it takes any kind of multimedia structure. It takes time for it mm-hmm. to get built up. So this hasn't, we've recorded four episodes, but nothing has been launched. Um, and we, we will eventually, but completely different from music. Uh, it's called six page scripts. It is a podcast dedicated to helping people. If you've ever had an idea about a movie or a TV show, one of the most daunting things about doing that is writing the script. Yeah. There's a lot of people, one, the formatting is hard, but also it's like, I have to write 120 pages to tell this story. Are you kidding me? It, it involved, I can't just pitch my idea. So the, the whole point of this podcast is 
if you got an idea for a movie or a TV show, or if you've already written something, send in six page scripts just on any social media platform, six page scripts, all one word, lowercase, exactly what it sounds like. And we basically, it's ran by a guy that has uh, experience, I was telling you, in the, uh, the industry. He wrote The Ranch on Netflix, uh, was involved in a lot of other productions in Hollywood. And there's some other people that do screenwriting stuff. I'm the only person on the podcast that's not a resident expert yeah. of screenwriting. But I think I'm there to just give an outside perspective. Okay. Um, and we read it. We read it just like you would like a Shakespeare play. We assign each other parts and we run through it. Um, six pages, so it takes maybe 10 minutes to read. And then we just talk about it like, okay, what was the concept of this, right? Could you see this being turned into a movie? What are the problems? What are the good things about it? Things like that. Yeah. Um, and so far, you know, I, I went into it being like, this is a good idea, but let's see how it pans out. But every single episode, we've already gotten like 100 submissions from people. Wow. Um, but we just pick out of the hat. We give the person a plug. We're like, this was written by this person based out of this city and we read it and give them feedback and that's it. it takes so you hour. do like the actual reading, like at a table yeah, on the podcast. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's like a, a, a table reading. Um, and like the, the scripts that we've gotten, if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh, you know, that sounds pretty high caliber. It's, it's run by a guy from Hollywood. They're not going to accept my script. No, no, no. When I say we're pulling things out from a hat, you got just as much of a chance of getting your script read as, you know, I can't think of a famous director off the top of my head. Right. Um, but if someone, anyone were to submit, you have just as much of a chance as them. Okay. Uh, so it, it's turned out really well and I highly advocate for it. And that's my shame by the end of my shameless plugs. See, that's a pretty cool idea. Cause I have a friend. Um, he actually likes to write screen screenplays. He yeah. writes that stuff. So, uh, I have to see if I can find his number and send, send him that because yeah, I know he's been trying to do it forever. Yeah. But I think the cool thing about the six page scripts is that, um, six pages of a script is not too intimidating. And if you get your thing on our podcast and we read it, it could give you the motivation you need. You know yeah. what I mean? Like if you know that, cause we're expecting a potential medium sized audience from this, um, and so, like, if you know that you got good reception from these people, including me, even though I'm not an expert, uh, then it should give you the motivation you need to write more than six pages and keep going. Yeah. Right. Um, but we'll we'll see because uh, we've got we read one that was very strange. I'm not going to ruin it, but it will be the second episode. <laughs> and it was good. Like I so said, when I did this, I had uh, I recorded four people before I started releasing them. Yeah. Because that way you have a the buffer. Yeah. Yeah. And I would release them each week. And then um, pretty much uh, I was doing the Oak House and then they stopped doing music at the Oak House because when they had the um, what were they called? The songwriter sessions. Yeah. I would go and set up the booth. Uh, David and uh, Ben Ivy was running at the time. And the, I'd set up a booth inside one of the rooms and I recorded all the artists that were performing. And so I, there was kind of time because you had to get them in before they could do their, their sound check right. right after before they performed. Um, but it helped me build a backlog of people. And then as stuff went on and as, as the podcast grew, I had people calling me. I mean, nice. I had people coming up from Valdea. I had people calling me from Tennessee. I had people just coming in wanting to play. Right. And then bands started showing up. And with bands, I had to do a little bit different. Because, yeah, how do you do that? Well, bands, I actually, because I've got the, the mixer right there, I mm -hmm. actually bring the speakers out, and then it's like a concert. So what I do is I basically record their songs first, and then uh, we'll talk. Gotcha. And then I'll, I'll 
do like what I do, like when I ask you to sing a song, I'll cut it in. Gotcha. So I have time to edit it. Okay. And then that's that's how I do with bands because it was I did with a uh, Brie Fox, her okay. Fox, uh, Toxic Foxtrot, uh, the Dart Band Mount. That's what I did. It, more bands started coming. I was like, okay, well I got to figure this out <laughs> because I mean, like I said, I'm out in the woods, you know. And right. then there was a couple of the kids bands that would come up here um, from Music Authority. Mm-hmm. They did. We'd set them right there in the in the in the grass or in the ivy. I think it was dead at the time. I don't know if I made him stand in the Ivy whatever really here. But, uh, and then we'd have, they had a drum set, and I would mic what I had, I could. And I said, it, it was very hard. It's hard to do more than one person. Because like, you have to bring your line, hook it in. Right. You're good. Um, then I had to get microphones. That's why I said the lapel mics were starting to look really, mm-hmm. really good to me. Because I was like, here, just put this on. I can pick you up. Those lapel mics, even the cheaper ones, they're so sensitive. Yeah. I don't know if you ever messed around with one. In my audio class, I used to do uh, audio production stuff, and I like video production as well, yeah. too. So this, what you're saying is really fun, interesting stuff to me that I like. Yeah. It's like like the first person that I shot uh, for the Off-Trail original series, they had the lapel pointed up right here, mm-hmm. and they just happened to go up a lot in between. Uh, and picked yeah. it up. Yeah. So, you know, you learn as you go, but yeah, I do lapel mics. That's the one thing that I would caution anyone against. Just realize that they're very sensitive mics. Oh yeah. So I, when I do it, if I, that's why I have the headset here, the headphones I put yeah. on and I can hear, it's like, okay, well then I need to adjust it. Like, and that's why I, I usually can edit it. Yeah. But when the virus hit, I had enough to get me through and then to like maybe three weeks ago. And then that wow. was it. So then I started doing the live interviews. But like I said, I kind of took the, the downtime and started doing the Georgia versus Tennessee yeah. songwriters. And I took it that way. So it's still people are seeing the songbirds, they're seeing new musicians. And then I said, you're the first one. I'll put yours out tomorrow. And then I'm going to start interviewing live stream. And then as people feel more comfortable, they can come out here. Right. And like I said, like before we said, we're far enough apart. Yeah. That's an issue for them. Um, they can play live music. And they yeah. can do whatever they want to do, and I can build the catalog up because I can't go out live anymore and record because yeah. once they start stop doing the songwriter sessions at the Oak House, he went to um, Reformation. Yeah, he went to Reformation, and you can't record in Reformation. No. I can't for this because it, it picks up everything. There's just yeah. too much noise. Uh, and I then would, they can't in theaters, and I there wasn't no room for me. Yeah. So by the yeah, end, I remember they did that one, and then the COVID happened. Yep. Because I, I was so excited about playing the Oak House. He had me on the roster, and I was the first. Like, it was me and Amanda Rourke and Deborah Lynn Rodriguez were yes. on the lineup. And, uh, yeah, they were like, we can't do Oak House. I was like, no, I've been looking forward to this for, like, a year. <laughs> but Reformation was cool. Yeah. But I could, yeah, the audio is not the same. It's yeah. loud. See, and I do, I also for this, for, for everybody that's listening, uh, if you want to do it, talk to me I've, I've did it for one person uh jake uh jake aaron michael i did his he did a live a broadcast so what i did is i took everything out there and did a live stream of the georgia songbird through through his so i recorded nice. the video and the audio and then i i put it out for him as well nice. so that was one of the things that we did and i don't mind doing that because i think for artists it helps any media presence helps yeah them. And that's kind of what I'm doing. You're fighting to stay afloat because there's just so much that happens on social media. Yeah. So you have to constantly be putting content out. Yeah. Which is why everyone's like, I will do anything. <laughs> yep. To a degree. Yeah. Um, and that's why I was so surprised when people came up here to see me. It's like, well, okay, you want to come and sit? Well, come on. I don't mind. Yeah. You know, and it took off. And it's like, uh, I can't get you. I've got three recordings today. I can get you this day, you know. Right. <laughs> well, it's weird because it's like, 
a lot of everyone is social media savvy now, right? Like everyone knows how to navigate their own social pages, but not everyone, (laughs) not everyone knows how to like create the stuff that you need to be on social in a way that's good. You know what I mean? Um, like that's what I, we were talking about that earlier. Everyone going live. You just see so many people like turn, turn their phone on and they're in like this, you know, the hallway of their apartment their Mm -hmm. acoustics are terrible, but they don't realize it. Because, you know, yeah. they're used to getting plugged up by people that know what they're doing. They're talented musicians, but they don't know how to run that side of it. Yeah. Um, so I think there's if, if anyone is listening, they've ever been interested in like doing anything creative to help out a local music scene. You should do it because there's not a lot of people that know how to do it and yeah. do it well. That's the thing. Yep. I think you and uh, Greg Shaddix, the only two people that run a pod music mm-hmm. related, right? Yeah. F- and that I know of. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least in this area. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like m- more people should try to do stuff like that. Yeah. And me and Greg have talked about doing like a simultaneous podcast together because uh, he likes ghost hunting and I'm here like Greg <laughs> Of course he does. So we were talking about doing stuff like that. And I was like, uh, it'd be fun. It'd be, be challenging to figure out how to do it because he does a lot. His is more video related than mine yeah. is. And like I said, for me out here, video wise, it's hard to do video. Nah. Um, I, I, I like your format because like you got the sounds of nature in the background Mm -hmm. and the mics seem good enough. You got the, the Mac hooked up. Like everything about it is perfect as it is. Yeah. Like you would have to have like little GoPro set up and it would just be a lot of, and I I wouldn't be able to like with the video for YouTube, it wouldn't work. I mean, I always do like one live stream, like we're about to do for your song. Yeah. Um, and then post it to the Facebook part of it, live stream. I'll do it that way. So everybody can see it. And then, that's about as much video as I get. Plus, like, I have a face for radio, so I kind of stay off of the <laughs> video as much as possible. <laughs> Nobody wants to see my ugly mug up here. It's more about you guys playing. So, like, you want to see me, come listen to the band, and I'll be yeah. live, and I'll talk, have a beer with you, and I'll talk to you. <laughs> or come up here if you're a musician, or even if you're part of it, part of the scene. Like, I had Rick Gunn from Rose Creek. I've talked to him. Um, Carrie Hood, I'm trying to get her on here eventually so yeah, she can talk. Cause she helps all the musicians. Right. She does great pictures for everybody. Yeah. And she's doing like so before. And she, she runs a bunch of like fan pages. Too. Yeah, she does. Very, I gotta figure out how to get a fan page, but I guess I need to get out and play more music. <laughs> yeah, Carrie, please give me a fan page. Please <laughs> run my fan page. That's my thing is like, I just don't have the attention span to run something like that. Ugh. It's so much work. It, it is a lot of work. It's work that I don't like to do. Let me just say that. It's yeah. It's a lot because I'm I'm fine with doing stuff like this. Yeah, and I'm sure. You, yeah, you have a blast with it. I'm sure, but tell me to go on and create a social media presence. Mm. You know what I actually when I did the 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 challenge the songwriter showdown that's my biggest that jumped my subscribers up more than anything really because I reached out to Nashville people now, right and then they reached out and now I have other states like oh well let's do another songwriting contest you know texas wants to get involved i was like well there you go i don't know anybody in texas i said so we did the georgia tennessee georgia won by the way go georgia yeah uh, aaron tanner he's i don't know if you listen he was the one that won nice him and jeff wood were the last two but i had other states reach out i was like that would be fun i said but it was so much time it was so time consuming in the beginning because what i would do is i would count the likes as a point and then or you know the views is a point the likes is two points and the shares is three points so then i had to track all that stuff mm. and i'm like oh my god what have i got myself yeah. into but it was fun and i yeah. had a good time doing it yeah so picking up social media yeah you gotta tell everybody all your social media how they can find you kelly all right uh i guess the easiest way to find me for 
all, everything that I've mentioned and specifically music is through my Instagram, uh, Kelly, K E L L E Y, not Y, E Y, B as in boy music. So Kelly B music. Um, I have a Facebook page that I do not update regularly. Okay. And um, I have a YouTube channel too. Uh, but all of my YouTube stuff's about to be towards the video project that I told okay. you about. So I told you all about. Um, but that's where you find me ma- mainly. I do have a website, but it's like more of like a, here's every single thing I do as a human being, mm-hmm. right? Like there's like a music tab, but it's also like my portfolio and like things like that. So I, I do have a website too, but you can find that on Instagram. I, f- I say I found yours. Yeah. I went from Instagram, like a link tree to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Instagram is probably the best way to find me. I'm trying to think. I don't really, I mean, I do Twitter, but not for I don't see how you would incorporate yeah. music into Twitter. There's ways to do it. I, I mean, uh, Jana Jennings does it big time through Twitter. Really? Yeah, I can't figure it out. I've got a Twitter, but I don't have the... I want to write out everything. Yeah. You know, I don't want to abbreviate the stuff. I want to write out the words before, not right. just a B and a four. <laughs> and so I'm like tapping it out. Before I know it, I'm out of character. So it's like, well, shit. Yeah. Forget it. So yeah. I, I don't do that stuff as much. Like I, I have one specifically just to like follow people, not even to put my own stuff out. <laughs> Because there is some funny things that happen on Twitter. But for, from a musician's perspective, I just don't know how I would plug anything. Yeah. Because it's such a visual and auditory like medium, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could hear a song and be fine. Or you could see a video of someone playing a song and be fine. But the second someone's like, here's what my song's about in a tweet, like you're like, uh, you know, like I, it would be hard for me to get behind that yeah. if I saw that. But if, I mean, I'll have to check out Jana's. That see she, how she's doing it. She she's part of like an unsigned chat um, podcast too that does a like live Twitter feed or something. Uh, I was gonna go in there one time and then just everything happened and so it got backtracked whatever. Right. But it's I don't know how it works, but she's she's got a big following. She does all that stuff and I guess because she's she posts all the time. Right. I don't have That's time a, to do that. Yeah. I've it, got kids. I, a, you know they want to post, but I won't <laughs> let them on. I won't even let my kids on social media. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a good thing, actually. <laughs> um, it is a, a true swamp in yeah. social media. It, and I did it, mainly I do it for them because they, they there's there's people like these controls that are just jackasses that just want to run their mouth because they're safe behind a keyboard. Yeah. You know, that it would never say this to you to your face. Yeah. And so, but it hurts these people's feelings. And, you know, my little girl, she gets on there and she sees somebody say something nasty to her, she's going to cry. Right. And then I'm going to get mad. You know, and I'm going to try to find who said yeah, it. Yeah, and it becomes a whole ordeal, you know. Right. So it's just best to keep her off and keep, my son doesn't care, but keep her off and don't let her get on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I That is a, a good parenting decision. I'm hoping that, well, by the time I have a kid, who knows what will, right. what will be the thing. By the time they're a teenager. You never know. It's scary to think about. <laughs> it's, it's so terrifying to think about. Well, you've heard the podcast before, so you know what I'm about to ask you. I always ask the one question before you before you play your last song and leave. Okay. Hidden talent. Hidden talent. <sighs> and I haven't got to ask this in so long. I've like uh, yeah, live stream. I'm, I'm timed, so I forget to ask. So okay, hold on. Hidden talent. See, I, 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 like I remember this too, and it's like I can't even think of something off the top of my head. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't want to say video production because it's I've been talking about it. Well, that's a talent, though. I mean, if you but it's not really like stuff. a. I mean, okay, 
hidden talent because I barely talked about it. Uh, I like doing like comedy things. Okay. And um, I've been working up a, a TikTok. Don't judge me. <laughs> don't judge me. A TikTok series involving a green screen that's I think is going to be funny. Have you I, re- you haven't released it no, yet? No, no. I I've got an idea for it, um, but it's going to be like a my persona as a professor on TikTok in these little one minute bits. And I, if I'm going to say any kind of hidden talent, cause I was thinking like, I can't lick my elbow. <laughs> I can barely whistle, you know? <laughs> so like I'm trying to think of these hidden talents. Um, that would probably, Oh no, no, no. I do got a hidden talent. Okay. Ignore everything I just said because no, no, we can find your TikTok on your yeah, green screen now stuff. Uh, if you find it good for you, cause <laughs> I don't even remember what it's called at the top of my head. Um, I, I do rock climbing, rock climbing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, I'm not, I I can climb well, but mm-hmm. I'm not like at the level where I'm like, you know, out there with my shirt off in yeah. Utah, like going up the side of Mission Impossible right, hanging on. Right. Um, but I've been doing that for about five years. I, before COVID, I'd go like three times a week. And okay. when I lived in Chattanooga, I actually would climb like Lookout and Signal Mountain and all these different spots. Okay. Um, and I used to be terrified of heights. Like when I go to theme parks, never get on a roller coaster. I was scared. Really? And yeah, my, and it's ironic cause my mom's a psychologist. And so she would always tell me like, Oh God, I can't imagine. Yeah. And my th- mom that's a, a whole nother podcast. If you <laughs> want me to derail <laughs> on that. <laughs> I just did uh, the, I did a podcast for my mom for mother's day, released it. So nice. she was, and the thing she said, it was, it was really funny. <laughs> uh, she didn't know anything back. So I can't imagine living with a psychologist. Uh, as a, as a well, it, it's like exactly what you think. It's like everything that I possibly do is analyzed. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> and you grow up with that. So now I analyze other people. Uh-huh. I become, you know, part of the problem. But um, I remember what I was saying. Oh, yeah. She would always tell me, like, if you got a fear, and this is a very true thing. Like, if you're scared of anything, there's never such thing as a phobia or a fear that isn't conquerable, right? A lot of people think, oh, I'm scared of this thing. Like, I'm going to be stuck with it the rest of my life. Or this thing's affecting me. It's exposure therapy. Is probably, it's not always universally the best way to deal with your problems. Mm-hmm. But if you're scared of something and you're forced to be in a situation like where you can fear factor. Yeah. And you can't escape it. There you go. So I've always been scared of heights. And when I moved to Chattanooga, someone was like, let's go rock climbing. And I was like, hell no, I'm scared of that. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, I need to exercise and I don't like going to the gym. So this looks like <laughs> a good way to circumvent that. Um, and it, it could help me. And it did. Then. See, I'm, my biggest fear is snakes. Okay. I can't see me getting in a bed, a bed of snakes to get over well, my fear. Well, you know, that's a slightly dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> but I can, t- I can tell you where it came from, too. I know where it came from because before I was little, I didn't care. When I was uh, born through five years old, I lived in Putnam County, South Georgia. If you know where that's at, it's like around Milledgeville. Mm-hmm. I remember we had snakes so bad. My dad taught me to swim. Well, how they teach you to swim in those days they Throw threw you in the water like and, a dog <laughs> like a dog and you know you learn to swim well, he threw me in and a water moccasin popped up behind me and so i like i freaked out and went under he had to come in and save me and then he had to shoot the water moccasin oh my god <laughs> so that was the first part of snakes i remember and then so another time i'm playing on the porch same place south georgia and my <laughs> truck falls off off the porch so i jump off the porch i land right in front of a rattlesnake 
So I've not had very good experiences with snakes. So that's, that's, I can see, I know why I'm scared of them. Yeah. So, well, I mean, also they're very terrifying. There's a reason why snakes are like symbolic of Satan, (laughs) you know, like they're very scary creatures. The way they move is unnatural. Yes. So that, that's justified. Uh, I'd probably say if I'm going to act like my mom, even though I'm not licensed like she is, uh, I'd say probably the way to overcome that is to be around a snake that's not venomous. My boots. That's the closest snake I'm going to get around it right there. <laughs> there you go. Just uh, be around your boots more often. And, you know, <laughs> eventually over the course of time, you might be a little less scared. Who wow. knows? I remember sixth grade walking into this party and a girl I like. So I go, I get out of the car. And then she brings out this big boa constrictor so everybody can pet. I didn't like that girl anymore. Yeah. No, thank you. No, Instantly, thank you. yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah, no, snakes are probably not the best for exposure therapy. There's probably other ways. But, you know, that's a rational fear. So you yeah. can live with that. Yep. <laughs> that, <laughs> goes, that goes back to, like, caveman days. Like, this thing is going to kill me, so I'm going to be scared of it. Right. <laughs> like... I, I totally understand that. Everything else, I mean, I don't like I don't like heights. I mean, I used to have to do direct TV, so I used to have to climb houses and and put stuff on uh, roofs. So I kind of mm-hmm. got used to it. I mean, yeah. I just don't like them. I don't yeah. like climbing on roofs and getting down, especially when the pitch is like that. Yeah, because you're gonna fall. But I remember doing. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with like uh, Jasper part that like bent tree. Mm, I know Jasper, but okay. I've not been. Uh, you know, like Arrowhead, those kind of gated mountain communities. Yeah. This is Bentry is one up in Jasper. So I had to go do a um, satellite repair. This, you got to pay like 25 bucks just to do it. Their dish had moved. I had to go check it. So the only way I could get to it was I had to put a ladder up against the porch, climb on the porch, which was lo- pretty low. And then it had a really steep roof. So I had to crawl my way to the top. I had to hang on with one hand at the <laughs> eve of the roof while I'm fixing the dish, let go, slide down to the porch, and then climb off of the off of my ladder. So, I mean, you do that a couple times, and then yeah. it's like, oh, it didn't fix. Now i got to go back up there. Damn it. So you yeah. back up there, you kind of get over being scared of heights. Just... <laughs> yeah. You kind of just come to grips with, like, yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> you got to accept that. Yeah, roofs are – see, even as someone that does rock climbing, I would still probably be scared to get on a roof like that. Oh, yeah. Because it's like – I don't know. That's a man-made thing, and it's very dangerous. And it's hot. And yeah. The hotter it gets, the hotter the roof gets, and it's not. And then you can't really put your hands down anything. You just got to basically rely on your feet and walk down because you put your hand on a hot shingled roof, it's gonna get burnt. Yeah. So it's them. Them roofers. I've roofed one house. Uh, that's one that I lived in, and that's why I, uh, I moved out. My dad, me and him, roofed it, and I was like, "No, thank you. I'm not roofing another one." Yeah. No, so I'll, I'll pay someone. I to fell do through that. the roof. Because, really? Because if we were fixing it, it needed to be fixed. Well, we didn't know what part of it needed to be fixed, so we're taking all the shingles off. And then the corner is where the, the plywood is rotten. So I go straight through the roof into the floor below. Luckily, it's a single story. It wasn't very far. Okay. But I mean, I was it was, say, that could have been catastrophic. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was not a thing for me to be worried about after that. I was like, no, thank you. This is carrying them big old 80-pound shingles up and down that ladder. Oh, man, I was so wore out. It was hard work. Yeah, that's a job. Yeah, for sure. We didn't have the fancy stuff where you have the rope and you pull it up. We'd throw it on our shoulders and walking up and down this ladder. So, like I said, hats off to your roofers. I ain't doing it. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing, but I'm not going to participate. Nope. Y'all are the experts. Yep. So tell them one more time, Kelly, where they can find you, and we'll let you do. Uh, we'll go live and let you do your next awesome. song. Y'all can find me primarily on Instagram. Um, same thing applies to Facebook, but like I said, I don't update it that much. Yeah. Um, uh, Kelly B Music, K E L L E Y B 
music all one word all lowercase that's it yep i had these little i don't know if i told you i did not bring one shame on me but I, right before quarantine, I ordered 300 stickers because they were on sale on this website. Oh, okay. And I was going to just go around to b- any bar that I played, slap it on the stall, you uh-huh. know? So I'm stuck with 300 st- promo stickers <laughs> <laughs> that I can't use. I should have brought one for you. But uh, if you see one around Georgia, you know, make sure you take a picture of it. Um, but that will be when things hopefully return to normal. Yep. Yeah. And hopefully that'll be soon. I said it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it works when everybody gets back to normal. But the bars and stuff still they still let you do music. I yeah. hope they do. I agree. And like I was saying earlier, I hope this if this has done anything, I hope it makes people appreciate live music more. Yeah. Because there I am guilty of like being invited to go see people play and being like I'm not going to. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely gonna change. Now, do you have um what I'm gonna do also is I will put you have songs on uh, like Spotify or iTunes no. I can download, I can put on the end for you. I can actually send you some, okay. but they're mi- they're like mixed right now. They just haven't been mastered. Okay. I'm sending them off to get mastered once I have the whole twelve songs. Um so I will send those over to you. Yeah, just send me one song. You send all, I'll take all yeah. of them, that's fine. But if you have one song that you may put on the end, I'll put it at the very end of the episode. Okay. Uh that's what I do if everybody has music so they can hear it. Oh you know what? I'm gonna send you because I do have a recording of the Tom Hanks song with one of my friends and I okay. harmonized. I'll send you that one because that's a good send out. And I also don't want to play that one live. <laughs> <laughs> that's the There's other nobody over here but us. Yeah, so nobody exactly. Can, uh, um and it, it's it, it You'll see. It's a, it's a good song. It's even better as a studio version song, okay. surprisingly. So I'll, I'll send that one over. Send it to me, and I'll put it in at the end. Okay. So cool. let's get your other song. We'll get you some levels. And where's my phone? So just to record, not to go live, but just to record myself playing that. Yeah. Normally, guys, I would uh, edit this out, but because uh, I don't have time, <laughs> you're going to hear all the in-between stuff. Luckily, I get paid money to stand in front of people and BS. <laughs> so I'm very good at just talking about nothing. Right. And it's so funny. I was telling you before, when I usually, when I stop this, uh, right after that's or right before people tell me the greatest stories, you got to tell me when we're <laughs> recording so everybody else can hear it. Cause I will not remember yeah. it. I think it's the, ang- some people like when they know that they're hot on a, any kind of recording, they, th- I don't know. They start overthinking it, you know? Oh yeah. It's, it's like video. It's weird for video. Yeah. All right, well, let me, you know what I can do? I'm going to stop this, and we're going to set up, and then, guys, I'm going to go live uh, for everybody. And, again, this is, thank you for coming out, Kelly. I had a good time. So we will, we'll get you going. All right, everybody, we're about to go live again. I'll record it in just a second. The count in. So, yeah, you can go ahead and tell everybody what you're doing. Okay. going to go video for this. This song is, um, like I was just saying, it's one that I'm probably the most excited about. Uh, for this for the album that's coming out in in July and uh, it's called first person problems um, it's also going to be the name of the album because I just like that I think it has a nice ring to it that is a good album name um, but I found that as someone that plays acoustic music acoustic folk and country and a songwriter that a lot of my songs were complaining about things that happened to me as an individual <laughs> person you know and a lot of songs do that and that's fine because it's relatable, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, I've felt that emotion too. Um, but I found that I kept thinking about things that had happened to me and um, got really introspective as a person and just had the inability to connect like my own experience with just kind of like this larger picture, which is life. Yeah. And so the, the whole purpose of this song really to me is like, sometimes you just need to take a breather, take a break and realize that 
your personal problems, although they are important to you, there's also a bigger picture. And mm. sometimes if you don't think about other people, it can also come back and affect yeah. you worse, right? So that's where the song comes from. And um, I'm actually still writing the ending, so I'm going to improvise it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, uh, but like I said, first person problems. Uh, let me go. I'm going to do this live before you go live. Okay. Um, let me add description. Oh, there you go. From North uh, Georgia's best singer-songwriter. That should be the description. <laughs> <laughs> I always call it, I said, live from the bird's nest. I was like, that's kind of cheesy, but I don't care. It's no, just, no. It, I like it. I've realized with any kind of creative things, like even if it's cheesy, if it hasn't been done before and it helps you remember it, that's, you know, it's good. Bird's oh, yeah. nest is catchy. All right, here we go. You can see my bald head. <laughs> Got I shaved my side. <laughs> All right, everybody. We are welcome here to the Georgia Songbirds. We are live finally once again uh, with Mr. Kelly Bostian. Yes. Bost I said it right. You did. All right, it's German, so he, he helped me out the first time. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Kelly. What's up, everyone? Um, you want me to go through the song again? Yeah, again. Okay. Tell by where they can find you at, too. Yeah, so first of all, um, you can find me on Facebook. If this is where it's being broadcasted, just type in my name, Kelly Boston, uh, which is probably attached to this. Uh, I primarily am through Instagram, Kelly B Music. So you can find, if you like this song and you want to know more, I am in the process of self-recording a 12-song album, and it has not gone well thanks to COVID-19. So hopefully it will be out by July, including this song that I'm about to play. Uh, this song is called First Person Problems. I hope you guys like it. If you want to know more about the meaning behind the song, I kind of introduced it just a second ago and I forgot everything that I said. So, uh, yeah. Okay.
something to the end but I completely forgot it so <laughs> listen to the LP and you will hear the true ending eventually yep. cool. you got anything uh, tell them one more time they can find you at. yeah so y'all can find me um, on Facebook and Instagram at Kelly B music uh, K-E-L-L-E-Y B music you gotta make that distinction because I always get confused with the K-E-L-L-Y is out there um, and like I said I'm in the middle of recording an album and I have been for a long time uh, you would think that COVID-19 would make that easier, but it, it didn't actually. Uh, but all things are lined up now, going to plan. And um, if you want to hear more of my music, just follow me. I'll be releasing things, uh, including this album. Uh, it's probably early July, but definitely it's not going to go beyond July. Yeah. At, that, at that point, I'm going to lose interest. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thank you, guys. Uh, hello, everybody. Danette, Abigail, Carrie. Everybody's listening. We got people from California. We're nice. out here in Georgia. Enjoying the weather. So uh his episode will be out tomorrow. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Cool. I met him once on a VHS tape. He was running away. From a problem named Jenny Walking stilts To the Vietnam War There is more that I could say But you know I'm talking about Tom Hanks He's a national treasure Not Nicolas Cage That guy's a national pleasure Tom Hanks Make my woody heart Stranded by the moon Growing up too soon Prostate cured By a man you would execute Storm the beaches To give us Matt Damon But you couldn't save him in the Martian You were courting Captain Phillips then Tom Hanks He's a national treasure Not Nicholas Cage that guy's a national pleasure Tom Hanks Don't join Pixar again Wilson, where'd you go tonight? There's a million things that could have crossed this flight How do you go from an island To attacked by Somalian pirates? Seems to me you're partnered with Meryl Streep. 
Save us all from corruption in DC. That's not what we need, Tom. Not another Toy Story 3. What we need is Polar Express 2, or 3, or 4, or 5, or 6, or 7. Go, Tom Hayes. He's a national treasure, not Nicholas Cage. That guy's a national pleasure. Tom Hayes. Don't make my woody heart again.